Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. On the day that the boys set off for Austria for their training camp, uh, we're going to do another Memories and Music podcast. Uh, Matt is with me as always. Matt, how are you, sir? I'm all right, thank you, Patch. Yep, yep, very good. We had the kit launch, didn't we? The third kit. Third, um, the third kit. Are you a fan of, of that one? I am. I'm ordered, waiting for delivery <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. But um, I was saying to friend of the show, Ellie, um, on text, because she said commented about it, and I said I'd ordered one. Sure, I didn't think you were that keen because it looked like Blackpool. And I said, was well, sort of my OCD, really, because I buy every kit and I've done for the last however many years. So oh, loads brilliant. of them that I've never, ever even worn because I don't wear it to a game. So have you got um, a, a cupboard sort of rack I've got designated? Big, or I've got a big Perspex box in the garage that's got all of my shirts oh, from awesome. yesteryear. I ought to get them out, really, and see just how many I've got and... Um, yeah, go yeah. through. I, yeah. Um, uh, next time I pop round, you'll have to show me said box. Yeah. Right, coming into today's show then. So uh, I first met this chap, I think I was about 17, playing for Longwell Green under-18s with uh, Dan Braddock, amongst others, and it's Mike Hughes. Mike, how are you? Hello, hello, Patch. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. Can, can you believe that was 23 years ago? Mm, yeah, I know. Um, my back's <laughs> telling me yeah. My back's telling me yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but my brain's telling me no. I don't think we actually we actually weren't that good, were we? We we hardly I think we hardly strung maybe one win together, let alone two. Yeah, I think it was one of those sort of end of the career type moves, wasn't it? <laughs> Just sort of like couldn't give it up, even at a young age. <laughs> but it was one of those where where we went from from finishing I think under fifteens or under sixteens, and then there was no. There was nothing. There was no under seventeen, so you had to form an under 18s team. Um, so it's still the same now, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. and then you were sort of almost then either doing that or going straight into adults football. So, but yeah, uh, yeah no, it's it still believe, good fun. I believe Danny Braddock's dad took over as manager, which he made did. it a lot easier for me to get picked in the striker <laughs> position <laughs> rather than the sub position that was probably <laughs> before that. Yeah. yeah so. Excellent. No, it's fantastic. No, it's good memories. Um, but uh, you're going to do a Memories and Music podcast with us. Um, so tell us about why you've chosen this game. Well, yeah, I listened to the other, obviously, um, Memories and Music, and I didn't want something too modern because, you know, the music's pretty rubbish. Um, <laughs> but I never said that. The year I've picked, I don't think I remember a lot about music from that age, from that year anyway, mm. but um, it's the... Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Derby, December 1996, live on Sky, I believe. Mm. Um, we won't go into too much about you know what happened at the end, but, as in the goal. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's memorable for me because I was a ball boy. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. And we spoke earlier today and I put a little Twitter post up about announcing who was going to be on tonight's show someone involved in this clip and it was uh junior bent running down the line a crossover agostino scoring and then a high five with the ball boy which was obviously you got a lot of ribbing the next day at school um <laughs> at the time well it was obviously a Saturday game i think that one but um on the monday got a lot of ribbing mainly just people putting their hand out to me and i was walking down like the corridor and i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't for life me work out what they were doing Brilliant. And obviously, it had been on the uh, HTV West highlights of my little celebration of Ago. So oh, that's awesome. I could have picked, picked that game as well, to be honest. But um, no, nah, that's good. 
It's good, and I have been. I have managed to get um, an email address for for Agostino, so I'm fingers crossed he will reply, and maybe he will come on uh, for a Robins reunited. So um, hopefully that might come at some point in the future. And then we can um, arrange another hand, any, uh, any high five. Yeah, another high five. <laughs> high five yeah. Idea. Any ideas where he's living these days, Patch? Is he Mute, Germany? Munich. Oh, he is in Munich still. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in Munich. So, um, yeah, hopefully, maybe, maybe the former players' association getting back as well for a game yeah. at some point. That'd be good. Um, yeah. But Matt, before we, we go into the albums in the cut, yeah, exactly. <laughs> before we go into the game itself, your yep. recollections of that game limited or um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, and I, I don't want to go into to the game so much, but I do remember it, and and I was a big Agostino fan, mm. um, and yeah. Um, like Mike said about the, the kind of the goal at the end. So if it's the one I'm thinking of, um, yeah. then yeah, I do remember it. Um, some some when we go through the team as well, there's a couple of players in there that I'm thinking of that I think people might have forgotten about as well. So yeah, let's see. Uh, we'll see in a minute um, yeah. who who you meant. But just t- touch on the Bristol Derbies, Matt. Obviously, you've mm. you've experienced uh, quite a few over the years. Not as many in recent years, and I, I think I've said this numerous times. I yeah. feel a little bit sorry for the the younger generation of fans who've mm. hardly experienced them. But you, <laughs> we obviously work with Rovers fans and City yep. fans, and you used to worry about going into work the next week, didn't you? <laughs> Well, I, when when we were looking at my my laptop the other day, Patrick showed you next door, and the the fact that Jay who lives next door, my next door neighbour, has got a Bristol Rovers flag, which I'm currently looking at on his fence. <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to. I I grew up, went to to Bemster Dang School. Two of my best mates from junior school, Vicky Park and Bemster, um, Glenn Mitchell, Paul Plaster, were both gasheads. And for the years, probably my real teenage years at, at secondary school. We just got beat every time we played them. Um, so I used to hate it. And I'd, I'd walk into class and the score would be written up on the blackboard. And <laughs> so I, I I never really had a love for it. And and then that that sort of game over at Twitten Park where Rovers ended up winning the league really on the back of it. Mm. That one, I think I've said before, I came in, tore my shirt off. You know, it was just... <laughs> so I, I am probably one of, the, one of the few, the minority that... As, as long as we don't have a Bristol Derby, not a problem for me at all. Because um, I used to just get so nervous and hated them. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Mike? Do you miss them or do you share the sentiment with Matt there? <clears throat> I mean, I loved them at the time because they were just pure passion mm. and you knew what you were going to get. The build-up was phenomenal and before the players even come on the pitch, it was just... But at the same time, I'd rather not play them at the same time because... It shows how far away we are from them in terms of footballing. I, yeah. I get that one day we might get them in the cup, and if we lose, it will be disappointing. But it won't be as bad as if we'd have lost back when we were younger supporting them. But the younger, the younger people would say something pretty different. Yeah. It would, it would destroy their weekend it, to lose to Rovers now, especially. I tell you what, it would bring it all flooding back if all of a sudden we drew them in the Carabao Cup or whatever. Uh, all of all of the emotions that we'll be going through in the next twenty minutes, half an hour, when we when we watch this clip and dissect it a little bit, um, it all comes flooding back, Matt, really quickly. I mean, I think that, that Mike sort of talks about it there. There isn't a game that you have where the build up was like it was or like it is would be with a Bristol derby. I think this game in particular, um, again, if it's the one I'm thinking about, I'm sure the, the media went sort of crazy about it. And I remember oh, live on um, Sky as well. 
yeah, exactly. Um, so they they were massive games, and it, it's funny um, how many ex sort of City players, and and I think the same for Ravers players, have commented on the fact just how the rivalry is mm. and what a, a massive derby game it is in comparison to even some of the other big sort of you know the London derbies and stuff. Um, so that's that's credit to both fan base and it is a passionate one, and and yeah, m- maybe. A cup one is a, a a best of two, isn't it? Best of two evils, really. You know, we haven't got them in the league, so we haven't either mm. dropped down a division or they've they've come up. Um, so cup would give us give us that excitement, I guess. But yeah, there are fans as well when they mention like top ten rivalries. Bristol Derby is always up there, yeah, from other you know team fans. So it just yeah. goes to show that it is it is up there. There's no feeling like it is there. We've all experienced no. defeats and we've all experienced wins against them, and the win. It's just you're, you're ten feet tall. I was a, a mate of mine who I work with, a lad called Rich Toogood, was a, a gas head, and we had this thing that whoever lost had to then phone them on that night <laughs> and sort of say, "Yeah, well done. You know, you played well." Or yeah, so okay, we had of, um, our, our neighbours when I lived at home were gas heads, and I can remember coming back in onto the drive and my dad beeping the horn, you know, beep, beep, yeah, beep, yeah, beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. It would be a silent approach. We'd park around the corner if we lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure just how much different it would be if City won a, a game at the end of the season to get to the Premier League compared to that game where Louis Donner was scored and we won against the Ravers for the first time in God knows how many years. It was like some sort of promotion carnival as I was driving in through Ashton. With, like you're saying, every car beeping the horn. Yeah. And, yeah. Amazing. Oh, no, fantastic. So we came, I think, into the game um, in 11th place in League Division 2, which is now League 1, um, on about 33 points. Uh, it was the Sunday, the 15th of December, 1996, a 1pm kickoff. Um, now we're going to go through the, your favourite bit, Matt, the uh, the starting lineup. Uh, I trust neither of you have cheated on this, but let's go through and uh, we'll let Mike go first as the guest and he can throw a name into the hat and uh, we'll see how far we get. I mean, I'll just go for the obvious to start, Agostino. Okay, yeah, Agostino, yeah. <laughs> um, Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor, yeah. Well, Tins obviously played, I believe. <clears throat> Indeed. And so at that time, I would think it would have been Darren Barnard with Tins. Barnard, yeah. I think maybe Rod Edwards was knocking about still at those times because he Rod lived on the corner from us. He's quite pivotal to this game. Yeah. Is he? Right, okay. Um, <laughs> Not for the right reasons on this occasion. <laughs> so I've got a feeling, if Rob Edwards was there, uh, I think probably... Gary Hours, and he might even have been captain. Gary Hours was captain. Right. Uh, so what you've done there is you're reminding me of our midfield a little bit. So I think Hewlett must have, Matt yep. Hewlett must have been knocking around as well. Yep, Matt Hewlett, yep. Love Matt Hewlett as a player. M- many an argument I had about Matt Hewlett, because a lot of fans, he was he was a bit of Marmite, wasn't he, really? But um, yeah, so, I loved him. Certainly with Mike, by the sounds of it. And by yeah. the oh, right. That was a nickname for him that we used. <laughs> Fluffy slippers. <laughs> yeah, I loved him. Um, and I All think right. the goalkeeper... You've got seven, you've got four to get. Yeah, so I think the goalkeeper, um, and this is the one that I was sort of saying was a, a, a bit of a surprise, so I'm not sure how many people will remember necessarily, but it was mm. Stuart Naylor. Correct, yep. 
a goalie that I never rated. Never. Even in his West Brom days. He came with a pedigree, didn't he, of being a successful West, goalkeeper. So. West, played for West Brom for years and years, didn't he? And yeah. I, I remember him saving a pen, I'm sure, away at the gas at the Mem okay. in a game as well. So, yeah. Ended up our goalkeeper coach for a while as well. And then yeah, went yeah. to Rovers. Went to Rovers, yeah. 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 Um, also, a right wing, possibly Bent or Goodridge. I'm going to have to push you for oh, an answer. I mean... Ben was, in the, ben was in the clip that we showed earlier, so I'll say Goodridge. Goodridge is correct. You later. This is you're doing well. You're doing well. You've got uh, eight, got nine, two to get. One of them. One of them. I don't know if you'll. I don't know if you'll get unless it suddenly comes to you out of a. There's another centre forward, isn't it? There's another centre forward and a midfielder. Midfielder. Oh. So I'm thinking <laughs> centre well. forward, and again, there's another player that I didn't. Overly rated, a little bit like in, in many ways Nicky Morgan, I think, in terms of his his fan base. But um, I think it might have been Kevin Nugent. It's correct. Yeah, Kevin oh, Nugent. So midfielder. I'll give you a clue, uh, Mike. I'll give you a clue. Like I'm, I'm guessing now, like late eighties, early nineties, maybe mid nineties. Man United player. Um, I think he was also in his later stage of his career at Middlesbrough. Okay, so I remember we had someone on loan. Yes, possibly Clayton Blackmore. Clayton yeah. Blackmore, spot on. Which I thought was a good sign at the time. Yeah, he played. I think he, I, I don't remember that games, game very well, but I do. Remember I don't many really games he played for us, Clayton Blackmore. But you're right. I mean, he was a, a sign in a pedigree when he when he came to us. It was like, mm. I guess the lure Joe Jordan, um, you know, would have. Uh, had him come I think in there, he, so, yeah. I think he yeah. signed, and it's one of his first games was Swindon away. I'm sure he went to it. I'm probably wrong. But yeah, oh, good yeah. signing at the time. Substitutes were Lewis Carey, Martin Cool, and Sean Gota. Okay, so wow, right, we're gonna... Sean Gota sub. Yeah, that must have been an injury. Surely, he must have been coming back from injury. You'd have yeah. thought. Yeah. So we're just going to play this clip, and I'll just pick a few moments to pause it, and we'll discuss what we've seen. But uh, this is the players in the tunnel, obviously live on Sky. Nothing else but this game. Within a matter of minutes, the talking stops and the action begins. The visitors coming out of the left-hand dressing room and the team's being led out by David Orr, the referee. A big, big occasion in the southwest. Players on both sides for whom this is a completely new experience. But they all know that they've been in a pressure cooker atmosphere after a day like this. A match which means so much. City divided by the rivalry of the two clubs. Bristol City against Bristol Rovers. The match coming up in full after the break. Hayfield. Trying to get stuck in, but it was Steelers who got there first. This is ours. Running straight into Hayfield. Oh! And this time the card will come out. But there's no point. So you wouldn't expect that from Rob Edwards necessarily, would you? Oh yeah, I would have. <laughs> yeah, he used to love a flying into a challenge, Rob. Yeah. Oh dear. So yeah, that Should was the Nathan Baker School of Tackling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That was um, Rob Edwards' first booking. Apologising the ref here because that is a guaranteed yellow. It's Alan Brazil a, commentation, I, I think. It is. Yes, yeah, yes. That was right under the referee's nose. He's got to be very, very careful. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Yellow card. Rob Edwards. 
Well, another one like that, and he'll be having an early shower. This is Holloway. Can he pierce the defence? Okay, there's the moment. Start the Titanic music. The first line of defence. He said Agostino on his way now. And Agostino is away. He's run Tilson, having already beaten Cork. And that's a final That will flood him back now, Matt. I remembered the goal really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wonder why he was so angry at the end, Agostino, really. He seemed, <laughs> seemed to be quite... What, maybe, what, what, maybe minute, was what um, minute was the goal? What minute was the goal? That's a good question. I have got it here. Uh, 16. Right, okay. I mean, again, Tins, like you're saying there, Tins involved. Um, but what a great direct run from him. And that's what I remembered Agostino being like. Um, the other bit I kind of made me think in there as they were coming out the tunnels and then seeing the players... Just how many of the Ravers players I remember as well. And that's yeah. something, you know, I, I all right, they're a different <clears> division now, but I couldn't name you probably five or six Ravers players now, whereas you used to be able to tell the whole team, didn't you, back in the day, even if they were in different divisions. Yeah. yeah it's a cracking finish, isn't it? What a goal, uh, Mike. Yeah. Your 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 memories yeah. of that. Oh, uh, I mean, also Daniel Vren sat on a little red box, but like everyone, as soon as he was put through and he dropped the shoulder and got past the first one, it, it, you thought this could be a goal because he's that good he was that good powerful running and stuff yeah. I mean, how many games did he play for us Agostino because oh, it felt like he left us way too soon um, two years I think he might have had I was going to say well, okay. he wasn't with us for very long was he so 95 to 97 he played 102 did he 102 appearances 26 games yeah 26 goals goals yeah yeah <laughs> 26 goals <laughs> um, that's yeah. some math say I can't run yeah. that way yeah. <laughs> he went to 1860 Munich didn't he that's right yeah, yeah. that's right yeah what a player um, so yeah so you might you're, you're sat down obviously the wrong end um, for yeah, that goal a shame, but... yeah yeah it's a shame went the other end when that goal went in really yeah no, but having said that later on is a good job like was down the other end absolutely mm. absolutely <laughs> um, you mentioned the Rovers team there Matt I can just quickly give that to you call it yeah. call it yeah Pritchard Martin Browning Clark Marcus Tilson oh, Lee Martin sorry Lee Martin yeah, yeah. of course Lee, Lee Martin um, ex-Manu as well, you forget that. Yeah. Scored yeah. the goal, didn't he? That saved Fergie's job, really. Marcus Browning, Billy Clark, Andy Tilson, um, Ian Holloway, Hayfield, I don't remember him, um, Harris, don't remember him, don't Lockwood, yeah, and, Orient. and Peter Beadle. Yeah. With... Well, it's because it's 20-man was there in some form. Yes, he was probably commentating. on the bench, yeah. Uh, Skinner, <laughs> Archer and Curitan on the bench. Lee Archer, yeah. But Ian was, Ian Holloway was player manager. Um, oh, he was, was he? Yeah, 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 right, okay. Right, let's have a look what happens next. Turn defence into attack in the most devastating fashion. Oh, you could see it coming, couldn't you? <laughs> so, Edwards has already been booked, catches the Ravers man on the knee. Watch this. Well, what can you say? It was a terrible challenge, Foster. Some would say it was a terrible challenge. Some would say it was a brilliant challenge. <laughs> Goodness me, George Jordan has got to be raging with defender now. Foster, you know, when you make challenges like that, you go in the book. Look at Joe Jordan's face. He yeah. is raging. I um I asked Rob Edwards for a comment after sending him uh, the the yellow and then the red. 
He said, not the best time challenge, but had enough of losing to Rovers at the time. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Most hostile atmosphere I'd seen there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, we were very much on top throughout the game and they came back into the second half, started, started to cause some problems. And then we get down to 10 men at this point. Greg Greg Goodridge comes off and Lewis Carey comes on just after that. Go on, Matt. So, so Jordan, that would have been his second spell then, yeah? Yeah, because he he was... He took us up, didn't he? Um, Obviously, two with the Ravers finishing top, Mm. but then left... Yeah, this is his second spell. That season has got to be his second spell, hasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, because I was at school and I remember getting picked up and my dad in the car and uh, Ian put through the even post and on the back it was like Jordan returns. Yeah. And I was buzzing he was back. Back as he was player manager first time round, Matt, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stop. Ended his playing career with us, but never worked out. Did it second time around? Such a shame, because mm. yeah. Right, I'm gonna just roll this a bit further on. Wow, he must be very, very disappointed. This is Holloway. This is the last couple of minutes now. Rovers trying to be calm when their fans want them to lump it oh. forward at every. That that I loved. I kept that bit in. This isn't actually the goal this is lead up to the to the equalizer but sean taylor that's exactly what you expect yeah. from sean taylor isn't it just literally just throwing his head in yeah. uh where it hurts mike it's uh what we what would he come to expect from him yeah i mean what was this Ooh, sean taylor wasn't it that was his uh, little <laughs> chant Ooh, sean taylor just because yeah. he had edited it and kicked it he was brilliant wasn't he? yeah exactly exactly opportunity but who's there sean taylor sticking his head in where angels fear to tread Angels fear to tread. <laughs> yeah, Peter Beadle had just hit the crossbar just before that. Right. Looked offside, if you ask me. Oh, they all looked across. <laughs> Tinian looked across to the line. They have a pitch invasion now. The horses are on the pitch. So, um, yeah, I think as Lewis comes out to, to win the ball off the, the, the left-sided attacker and he gets round him and Curitan's fed. Curitan fires it over and uh, Beadle slots home from an offside position uh, and then put, <laughs> puts his hands through the net. And that is an image that uh, you couldn't get away from, Mike, that one. No, I mean, yeah, at the time, just absolutely devastated. Like, because... Really like going one like that soon, and with the players we had on the pitch, and obviously Goer to come off the bench at some point. Obviously, Bob Edwards, the sending offs never going to help in a Bristol derby. And no. yeah, I guess it was we saw it coming at the time. I think it was a wave after wave of attack. It was we were just sort of trying to hold off. But um, there's some stats now. Yeah. Impressive stats, yeah. isn't it? 12, 12 against ten attempts on goal, and obviously a man down for the entire second half. Not, not a classic in the sense of the end of, you know goals the uh, goals and shots on target but I like this one fouls committed 16 for city 20 for rovers uh but only four four bookings for city and one for for rovers one sent off obviously um and the action areas as well 56 percent 
Oh, sorry, this is the first half. First half, 56% for Rovers. Surprising, that, seeing mm. as we were on top. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got on that. But um, yeah, it's it's obviously what happened after, afterwards that uh, caught the attention of, of the national media. And Russell Osman and John Ward are, are both in the studio. Um, Joe Jordan's asked for comments. Ian, Ian Holloway's asked for comments. And yeah, it, uh, it was scenes that... Um, for me, as a 15-year-old watching on, were sort of scenes of disbelief, Matt. I don't know your recollections. Like I said, I don't know if it was the same one. I I, I was thinking of the one where there, there was a sort of crowd trouble with, with fans trying to get in or something, but um, I, I genuinely can't recall what went on at the end of the game. Obviously, City fans, I guess, must have got on the pitch having conceded a late well, goal. Yeah, a last-minute equaliser. Though I think there yeah. was a, a mini-pitch invasion from probably both sides. Yeah. Um, and then I think on the final whistle there was another sort of pitch invasion. But um, yeah, it, uh, it's it was coming so- from the Dolman, I think. The city fans came from the Dolman, and then I suppose the police and the horses were trying to keep those fans back. And then the final whistle went, and obviously the sky cut their coverage. But that was when it really, it really went back because then yeah. fans did spill onto the pitch from the Dolman and other areas. And then yeah, they got chased to the dressing room. Yeah, horses. I remember horses on the pitch and all sorts. Yeah, it was um, quite frightening scenes, to be fair. Mm. Um, and the notes, the notes I've got here: violence mars this game on Sky TV as some fans are unable to take uh, victory being snatched from their <coughs> grasp by Peter Beadle's Peter Beadle's tapping. Uh, City should have had the game well won by then, but squandered their chances to add to Agostino's brilliant right-footed strike. Um, and yeah, that's uh, so. As a ball boy, then Mike, as you say, you were down the other end at the Atio stand. You were able to get off and get out quite quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't go straight down a tunnel because they shut the door. Um, <laughs> there, well, there was um, there was one guy head of security, we'll call him, and he was in charge of the tunnel door, and he shut the door. So I sort of thought, okay, and there was players that were like getting running in, and they were open the door, letting them in stuff. Mm. Rovers and City, obviously not. They didn't, yeah. they didn't, they didn't let leave the Rovers fans out, their players out. Mm. So I just thought, I'll take um, I'll take refuge in the uh, Asio. There were some mates I had knocking about. So I, and with a, with the ball boy um, tracksuit on, you seem to have access to all areas, really. <laughs> I just basically walked over to one of the gates and the steward just like that. So I walked in and saw my mates. Blimey's all kicking off. And then uh, when it sort of calmed down a little bit, I then went back around to the tunnel area and uh, the guy opened the door, let me in. And the tunnel, the old one, well, yeah, the old well, tunnel now, obviously. Oh. So we, we the Asio tunnel, you've got the referees changing room on one side, the ball boys room directly opposite, and then the city players were um a bit further down on the right. And I think the Ravers were a little bit around the corner. I don't think they were directly um opposite, but it was just around the corner. And when I finally got into the ball boy room, it was just carnage in there. There was loads of Rovers, senior Rovers players, Holloway, Tilson. Mm. They were shouting and bowling at um, some of the older city players and management and, and obviously the stewards and the, the guys that run all that. And basically, we'll never play down here again. This place is a disgrace. And right. They were proper angry. Yeah, there wasn't a... They, I think they had visions of never setting foot in National Gate ever again after what they experienced. It's, um, I mean, Which it's, is, it's, at the time was fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably um, quite topical, isn't it, with what happened at the end of the season, this season just gone with with various incidents. But I'll never understand it. You, know, you you couldn't get a more passionate fan than me, you or Patch. But to go on the pitch and then to attack, abuse, 
opposition players. I just don't get. I don't get. And and for me, um, I, I mean, obviously this is going back in the day, but um, absolutely should be banned for life and all the rest of it because there's no excuse for it. At the end of the day, they're players, you know, earning a living, doing their job. And the fact, yeah, I mean, I hated Ian Alexander. I hated Holloway when he played for Rovers, <laughs> but I'd never have thought. No, Alexandra might have done actually. To be fair, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't. You wouldn't have thought of going on the pitch and you know. If, if, thinking about it now, I'm pretty sure there was accusations of players being punched and things like that. Which that's just you know ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? I'm pretty sure there would have been flailing arms and legs put that yeah. way. It, I think they were running a gauntlet, bit like the yeah. old gladiators. Was wasn't it? Very much. So. It was. Um, okay. So the attendance that game. Any 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 stab in the dark from you, Matt? First of all. I don't know, 19,000, something like that. Mike? Depends, really, because there was a time when City never really <laughs> counted everyone went for the turnstile. So even uh, <laughs> even a 16,000 attendance was coming up as eight. But uh, the, the yeah, official, that's the, all changed now. The official it's... attendance, Matt's got it, you know, it's 18,642. Yeah. Um, Couldn't usually get much more on that, could we? Pretty standard, wasn't it? For the segregations and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, then, go on, Matt. Who would have been in. Um, Charged them. Was Scott have been chairman then? He sure. was actually, yeah. He was? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm thinking he probably yeah. would. Right. In terms of that season, what are your thoughts on who was top goal scorer? One of two, in it, Matt? Well, I would think it was the guy who was, <laughs> guy who was sub. Yeah. Sean Gator? Yeah. yeah. It's got to be 20, Sean, on it? 25 goals. Um, Agostino on 15. And in third place, Darren Barnard on 13 goals. Crikey, that's a return, isn't it, for a left-back? Yeah. So it's, I know he took a lot of penalties. Yeah. yeah. And it must and have been a time kicks. when Bristol City were given penalties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back yeah, in the yeah. day. So, you know, yeah. but he was still a great player, Darren Barnard. Great, Absolutely. Great player. Yeah, I, yeah, I was looking through some footage earlier and, and saw a few just pinpoint crosses that he was whipping in. And, yeah, just just frightening. And I... and. Just coming up to the modern day, I didn't. We didn't see enough of that, Matt, last season, did we? The pinpoint cross and the deliveries. Not last season, but Super Kane, Super Kane Wilson this season. Yes, indeed. So, okay. no, but you're right. Yeah, heard it here um, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was actually the highest attendance of the season. Uh, that you'd be surprised to know that Rovers game yeah. lowest was Luton Town at home on the um, seven thousand and twenty-eight. Blimey, the average for that for that season was ten thousand eight hundred and two. Was it? Yeah, shows how far we've come. They've done it as a good. I know good we're in a championship, statement. but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. it does. Okay, right. We we'll park the football there, and we'll come on to the music. So I'm gonna play the track to to Mike and Matt, and then I'll say what the track is, and then we'll come back and and talk about it. So uh, first of all, um, in at number ten, this is a. Uh, a good mixture of a good mixture of songs here, but uh, in at number ten, let's see if you two recognise this one. So that is "Damage" with "Forever." Matt, yep. I know you like your boy bands, as as, as do I. I was singing along. That "Damage" I'm going to say isn't one of my favourite boy bands, but um, okay. is he the guy? Is the guy from "Damage" is the guy married to Emma Bunton? Isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember that track. Mike is drawing yeah, a blank. He's, he's trying to retain some sort of uh, dignity. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, no, yeah. So Mike, you didn't have a clue on that one. No. Yeah. Okay, right, at number nine, um, this is a, a classic track. A few nods of the head there. It's uh, it's obviously Faithless with Salva Mia. Um, obviously not their 
their most popular track, Insomnia, but it's definitely still got that sort of, same sort of feel, Matt. Oh, God yes. is a DJ. Was that Faithless? Yeah, God yeah. is a DJ. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yes. the one I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know the track. I wouldn't name the name, but you could tell, like you're saying, the, the sort of... Is it the riff that they say? What these young, <laughs> whatever it was, but yeah. beat. Yeah, the beat. Yeah, yeah. You could tell it was faithless, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah. I was more into the beat as a sixteen-year-old. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. This one, um, you you probably won't have heard before, and this is in at number eight. Well, what is it? Some sort of. Um... So that is uh, the Smurfs with oh, right. your Christmas wish. I was going to say it had to be some sort of gimmicky song. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, less said about that, the better. Yeah, right. move on. In at number seven. Oh, here we go. The Prodigy with Breathe. Now, uh, now we're talking. This is uh, it's getting good now. So, Matt, yeah. you're a fan of the Prodigy? Yes. Saw them live. Um, ah, trying to think you. who they, they were a support act. But, um, yeah, I mean, great. On a night out, the Prodigy comes on. Everyone's on the dance floor, aren't they? Jumping yeah. up and down like idiots. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mike, fan of that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a great fan of that one particularly, but I liked all the dance stuff that they yeah. did. That was my favourite Prodigy stuff. Bit, bit like you said about Faithless, that had the beat of Firestarter as well, didn't it? So yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, right. Um, now we are up into number six. And that is All By Myself by yep. Celine Dion. Dion. That's yeah. like Peter Beadle found himself. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Peter Beadle, we, didn't, we talk about the fact that obviously he then came to play for Bristol City and scored against the Rovers. Yep. Were you a bit surprised when he signed? Yeah, very. Yeah, very. Because he he'd done a lot of damage to City over the years. Damage not, forever. Yeah, there, there you go. go yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not again by a section of fans. I'm not sure he was ever taken to to heart. Yeah, one welcomed, I don't think, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, because he was a big player for them, wasn't he? It'd have been like mm. signing Holloway as a player almost. Because mm. you know, I think that that season or the season before, he scored a boatload of goals for the Rovers. Um, so it was a bit of a surprise, yeah. Who did we yeah. sign him from? I'm not sure. Well, I want to say something like Port Vale or something. Was it? Yeah, we didn't yeah, sign yeah, him directly right. from Rovers, did we? So, no. yeah. yeah, were you surprised, Mike? And Obviously, I know that, as you just said, he he, he was not taken to heart by some of the fans. Um, yeah. But he was certainly I, a favourite in the dressing room. Yeah, I didn't think we would sign Peter Beadle ever, to be honest. When you... That type of player for Rovers that, you know, scoring the goals against City and like he did against what we saw today. To then him come and play for us, you're always kind of thinking, oh, we've got the worst of him or, do you know what I mean? But in all fairness, he did all, he did all right. He and, did. Um, I, I was just about to say, was he the last Rovers player we signed? And then as I laughed, I remembered Matty Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, He Gassett. done all right too, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, Gasset. Yeah. <laughs> So well, I think um, it won't welcome the other side of town over when yeah. he knew he was coming. So I'm looking at the statistics now for Peter Beadle. So signed him in '99, and he left in 2002. Mm. And for a year of that, he was out injured. Um, but how many appearances? How many goals? Come to you uh, first, Matt, for appearances. Shout a number. Fifty-seven. Mike, higher or lower? 57. Slightly higher. Hundred and six. Was it? Bloody hell. <laughs> Just slightly higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, and goals, Matt, uh, Mike, you can go first. 34. No. Matt, higher I'll go, lower? I'll, I'll go lower. Yeah, 19. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he scored 30 in one season for the gas. Uh, Yate Tang manager as well this season. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. is. So best of luck. Yeah, right. Let's move on with the non-Peter Beadle trivia. And into, I think this is number five. 
drop your claims on the floor. It's Mark Morrison with Horny. Yeah. Um, not, uh, yeah, I have obviously do know the song, but um, Return of the Mac, I think, is gen- generally thought to be his, uh, his best track, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and the only one I know, to be honest. <laughs> I, I would never known. I don't think I remember hearing that at all as a young 16-year-old. It might have been on the radio and I just blanked out. Yeah, yeah Return of the Mac was uh, was the yeah, one. Classic, classic. It's kind of why I sort of semi-wanted us to sign Marlon Pack, just so we had a, a ready-made song. <laughs> oh, Return what of the a, Pack. What a song well, that would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Section 82 would have been all over that. I think yeah. if, you'd have, if you'd have maybe... Um made that song up prior i think we may make more of an effort to sign him who knows oh now, it, me, yeah in, interestingly i didn't see that i think i saw portsmouth say return of the pack yeah he started at portsmouth but but i didn't see them playing the song or anything like that so yeah no oh, class right into uh, number four now um i know matt's gonna like this one so it's um a different beat from boy zone uh yeah. not not one of their better songs and if they if they had any better songs if i was trying to be uh you know remain re- retain some dignity but uh yeah i, do I can't like think of any over patch yeah no, no matter what a fan of that one maybe and all the, all of the songs that bg sang first basically mm. <laughs> um right yeah. we'll move we'll move on past boy zone uh into number three one is one, one one is one is one this... and one still is one so... Yeah. So that was the score in the Rovers City games. This yeah. is a bit freaky, isn't it? Absolutely. Where's Clint and Baptiste? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Namaste. Um, um, right. you got it, Matt? Madonna, wasn't it? Was it? No. Is no. no. that Madonna? Robert Miles. No, hey? I would have got the... oh, I thought Miles. it was Tori Amos. Who sang it? I was so convinced it was Tori Amos. So Robert Miles, one and one, um, which obviously Mike definitely picked this perfectly well. Oh, I thought that... Yeah, that's I a... mean... So there's got to be a Madonna track. So that's the last two I thought was Madonna. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was not Madonna. Right, into number two. Classic here. Madonna. Go on, Matt. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he drifted off. <laughs> I did. I was, I was actually singing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. No, no, so I, I, did, I did love that one. Yeah. For, the, for the listeners, I was trying to get Matt to sing Unbreak My Heart by, by Tony, Tony Braxton. Braxton. Madonna. Yeah. By Madonna. <laughs> Oh God! She yeah. was she was big, wasn't she, back in the day, Tony Braxton? In what way? Well, no, like very, very popular. <laughs> <laughs> very popular. We got you on that twice now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a, a classic, a great song. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will like that one. However, num- number one um, is a charity single, Ooh. and I'll play it for you guys now. But uh, obviously, the listeners won't hear it. Here we go. Mentioning the week and selling a quarter of a million copies that makes the musicians and the children of Dunblane top of the box. So it's knocking on on heaven's door and the artist is Dunblane, but it's several musicians. um, Obviously in that year was the Dunblane tragedy. tragedy. Uh, so yeah, that was. I don't know if it was Christmas number one or not, but um, genuinely uh, don't remember that. Who, who were the artists on it? Do you know? I didn't recognize them. Someone mm. I'm sure will be able to tell us, but uh, yeah, it might have just been some local artists in Dunblane. You sounded all right though, but uh, yeah, that was your that was your speak. number one. Um, so not do you know, do you know a mixed to, bag. Do you know who went to Dunblane school? Oh, uh, tennis, um, Murray, Andy Murray, yeah, yeah. Andy Murray quite current as well quite topical with uh, the recent events in the states but we won't, won't go into that it's just mm. uh unbelievable but um uh, a mixed bag for the top 10 mike not a bad choice 
yeah, I mean, I don't remember too many of them. I didn't buy a lot of music when I was younger, if I'm honest. Uh, most of the music I heard was from my dad. So whenever I was going anywhere, football training, yeah. you put on the specials, the jam, the clash, madness. Oh, nice. And I never really had my own music. I just listened to the music that was being played. Didn't buy music. Mm. I, I did the old taping off the old radio, you know. Hitting poles. That, yeah, hitting poles and trying to get the talking in. But that was that was earlier on, I think. Yeah. I was a bit younger. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not wasn't great into modern pop music as a youngster. It's probably Just a good on. thing. Yeah, well, after hearing that, <laughs> like, yeah, that I wasn't. Uh, I'm glad I was pumped madness and uh, the beat and the specials into my ears. Yeah, fantastic. Well, as I said, a, a decent top ten, a decent game. Um, uh, brings back lots of memories of of uh, City Rovers game. So a great choice, Mike. Thanks so much for for doing that. Um, just your thoughts on on the season ahead, Mike. How do you feel? Are you <coughs> filled with optimism coming into a, almost almost yeah. a month to go? I haven't been filled with optimism for many years, so I won't lie and say I'm buzzing for new season. But I do think we're settling down. You know, Nigel's had another year of his players, his philosophy, what the way he wants the players to perform on the pitch. You've got Alex Scott coming into the mix now, who's just absolutely class. So him alone is going to make us, you know, bet. We're going to be. I don't think we're going to get relegated if Lee Hendry's listening. Um, I think we're definitely good enough for a. a you know, a top 12 plus finish. I think, yeah, consistency is going to be the key. We've got a good front three now. They're consistent and they're playing as a front three and they're scoring goals consistently, or they were. And I think once we sort out the defence, I think yeah, we're going to be quite a solid championship team. And I guess me and others got to just bring the positivity back up a little bit. Because I do fall into that trap of, you know, if you few defeats and here we go again and same old same old but yeah i think if we just i think we're all right i think might surprise a few yeah that'll be that'll be certainly be good and, oh. and matt he hit the nail on the head there for me it's around consistency isn't it yeah i mean i guess antoine's going to be a miss isn't he for the, the first however many months although they i think nigel pearson hasn't gone on record to say how long he's going to be out although there was some media speculation um i've kind of gone a bit of a a mini roller coaster in the, the the close season so far, where the signings we made early, I was really positive about. Thought it was great. Um, I still think we're missing that key position in central midfield, um, that physical sort of player. Um, you know, it looks obviously we missed out on the Reading guy. If we were ever interested in him, and you don't know, there's a lot of media speculation. But it's a massive pre-season for Joe Williams. Huge, huge, and and the Masengo situation mm. will be interesting to watch um but I, yeah I, hopefully tommy conway's now gonna feature and therefore that might be where we're not looking at another striker but i do still feel we need someone of the ilk of chris martin yeah um, you know it, it just yeah. just feels doesn't it we're light if we if we lost one of those in form or injury then we're left light again and light light being the operative word as yeah. well you know yeah. it it, we we haven't replaced Famara Zizou no. um, from the season before last, and yeah. it's that target man, that pacey, big. I, I I'm 100 percent with Mike on Alex Scott, providing he plays central midfield. I mean, he was brilliant again for the end of 19s, mm -hmm. um, but I do think we're still. 
I still think we're missing the physical presence that we've got. If you go through our team, we still don't have that that physicality, do we? Um, and you know, we're talking about light, but certain defence. You know, Cundy now going to Barnsley, um, completely understand it. You know, Pearson, I don't think fancied him up until Christmas, and then had no choice. He came in, did a job. Nathan Baker, you know, Pearson's come out and said we're unlikely to see him this season. Um, so that leaves us short against central defence, doesn't it? So you'd expect there to be another one coming in there. So maybe it's waiting and seeing what's happening. You know, mm. um, the transfer window or, or players are out of contract July, aren't they? So um, that will be interesting. But I think think we're still a couple of players short from where I think we'd finish then. Mike sort of saying top 12. Mm. And yes. without, without those, I'm a, I'm a little bit fearful that it could be another season of nearlys but maybe that's more the, the pessimist in me yeah okay well we'll we'll wait till the end of um pre-season and obviously the first game back we'll just before that we'll do our sort of predictions of where we see where we see it um you know landing towards the end of the season because we were fairly close with our prediction um for last season matt obviously we were we were talking sort of 14th 15th i think we finished yep. 17th, 17th 18th yeah it's difficult because if you take the games we were leading in, we wouldn't have been anywhere near that, would we? We would have been sort of top 10 probably. Um, and again, wins breed confidence. So mm. it's it's important we get a good start. And and I guess we've not talked fixtures, have we? But we haven't, no. We have, so we all away, first game. Not, not an easy game, I don't think. It's a hell of a distance to travel. They've got something to prove having been smashed at Ashton Gate. Um, so that's not an easy, not an easy start. I don't think. I wonder if that's ever happened, Mike. Uh, finishing the season and then starting the season against the same team. Well, yeah, I mean, it obviously at some point, but yeah, for us, it's it's not the. I mean, I knew we were away anyway because I've got a wedding on the twentieth. So I tried to inform people on uh, Twitter, <laughs> but uh, no one took the no one took the bite. Um, but yeah, it's it's got one one written all over it, and it will take that and uh, Andy Wyman goal. 1-1, one, one, and then it'd be all down to our home form, as always, mm. and teams like Sunderland are being tipped for promotion by certain pundits, and it's like, well, in theory, that should be one of those games we should be looking at getting off the mark with three points straight oh, off yeah. the bat. Huge and first game, isn't it? It's mm. great. Is, it, is it a midweek? Saturday. It's a Saturday, yeah. is it? Yeah, so the cup yeah. will be midweek, won't it? But massive game, because you know Sunderland will sell out because they travel brilliantly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many we give them. Um, yeah. Whether we sell out that row, that sort of section at the, the front, because yeah. that would be awesome to absolutely pack the gate, wings of the upper lands down, whole of the away end. If it's you know, I don't know the rules, but if it's policed correctly and all of that sort yeah. of stuff, there's no reason why we can't. Surely, it's. I mean, I I want to see the Sunderland fan base that travel and were willing to travel those sort of distances, they should be allowed that full end for me. And I know there's a whole thing around, yeah, you know, let's stick them up in the top tier and give them two rows, you know, and, but, but actually, <laughs> give them would, a dugout. It is though, isn't it? But, but that will generate the atmosphere and, and a big club like Sunderland should be allowed to travel in their numbers. So yeah, I mean, it's a hell of, hell of a first game in it at the gate. So yeah. no, it's awesome. Fantastic. Right. We'll leave it there unless there's any final business from anybody. I guess you didn't get out on John tickets then. 
I'm still here. I'm sat here. Yeah. He's still sitting. Yeah. Waiting yeah. for the phone to ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's done nice. Nice. I like that, Mike. Very good. Um, I've got a little... Um, I want John and Steve Cockle joke lined up for later. So, uh, oh, okay. Nice. Do you want to... Yeah, look out for that one. Okay. No, oh, wait. No. Hey, I'll be on to it. Uh, All right. We'll look out for that. We'll look out for that. So, yeah, we... Um, <laughs> we'll be back at some point in a week or so who knows who knows when we're gonna when we're gonna be back but we'll be back soon don't forget to follow us over on twitter at 3piapc and yeah thanks so much join us mike no worries enjoyed it thanks for having me oh Good no you're you, more mate. than welcome oh, yeah and, see you uh, soon on the city bar i look forward to you coming on and doing a post-match analysis at some point next season as well if you're up for it yeah, yeah, no worries. We'll have I'll, to get... uh, I'll remain sober that game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get Stating Neil on as well, Mike. And Stating Neil, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that sounds like yeah. a that sounds like a new segment. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny, Patch, because I used to sit by Mike and Neil in the Atio, um, and we got. Do I know fr- Neil? Yeah, you will have done. He was in the sports bar with us, but it's now become like a, a superstition of mine that I have to doff the cap to to Mike and Neil before the game. Because they sort of sit in the south stand along the way, so yeah, funny how it, that it didn't is. come. That didn't come up when we asked, when we discussed superstitions. I'm sure. No, uh, it probably didn't. But it is one of those things where we definitely do look for each other to make sure that we settle low before the game, Mike. Yeah, uh, when he's not when he's not there, I think oh, he's hospitality. <laughs> he's in America. So sort of start waving, yeah, waving at planes going here. Yeah. Uh, the, the the best superstition was the guy who walked past the trolleys in Halfords outside and touch the trolley, yeah. the trolley outside yeah. Halfords yeah. I thought that was genius yeah. right we'll leave it there for sure right Great we'll be back soon take care everyone cheers cheers for now bye bye See